Thank you very much for being a part of our church service today. It is our desire here at Riverstone Church that God's Word will work in you to produce an abundant-filled life. May the Lord bless you as you listen to this sermon. Hebrews uh, chapter 12, I think I said chapter 2, or chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And when you're there, if you will, stand with me as we read the word of the Lord together. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. We're sharing about living joyfully in the series of building our foundation as a church. We're a church who is going to worship Jesus, and we will live uh, joyfully before him. The writer of Hebrews begins in chapter 12 and verse 1, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the reading of Scripture. We thank you for the word of the Lord this morning. And now, Lord, we pray that by your grace you would uh, speak to us through the preached word this morning. Help us to uh, be faithful, to be hearers and doers of your word. Lord, help us to listen by the power of the Holy Spirit to be discerners, Lord, I pray. And we ask you, Lord, to move among us just now, Lord, by the power of your Spirit, touching each heart and life today for your glory. And we thank you for these things. In your name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Many of you are aware this passage in Hebrews comes right after Hebrews chapter 11, which is uh, considered the uh, passage of the great hall of faith. So if you haven't read Hebrews chapter 11 before, I would encourage you uh, to go back and to read Hebrews chapter 11 because it really uh, gives you a context for these three verses because it speaks about those who have gone on before, those who have encountered trial and temptation, those who have walked by faith, who have lived it out faithfully uh, before the Lord. And he goes through lists of, of different types of people, people who have uh, been people who you remember from your reading of the Old Testament. And then there are those who really don't have any names at all, but because of what they in, endured, uh, though they may be nameless in this scripture, they're named because of what they went through and continued to persevere for the glory of uh, God. And so We get to, as we read through this great hall of faith chapter in Hebrews chapter 11, we get to chapter 12, and it begins in verse 1 with this therefore, which connects it to everything that has been uh, said before in chapter 11. Uh, So based upon the fact in Hebrews 
chapter 12, verse 1, of me just telling you about all of these people who have lived their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ through to death, who have been inheritors of the promises of God, who have been faithful to walk before the Lord, who have been eager even in the face of very difficult and challenging trials, in the face of uh, torture, in the face of death, have still walked it out faithfully before Jesus and have persevered and have uh, focused their heart on the Lord. Therefore, based upon all of this that I have just said, I want you to understand we have this great cloud of witnesses that has gone on before us, that is surrounding us. And because we have this great cloud of witnesses that we know has gone on before and is now rejoicing before the throne in heaven, let us lay aside and every encumbrance. Let us lay aside every challenge, every difficulty, anything that would hinder us. Let us lay it aside and focus with endurance the race that is set before us. This is the essence and the understanding of these three verses in Hebrews chapter 12. And I believe one of the first things that we could uh, take from this text of many, many things that we could pull from it, that when the scripture speaks about this great cloud of witnesses, when I think about the great cloud of witnesses, I think what it means to be joyful in the presence of others. Joyful in the presence of others. In Hebrews chapter 11 and 12, there are uh, two aspects to the church that uh, theologians refer to. One as the church triumphant, and two is the church militant. The church triumphant means all those who are already in heaven, who have already been triumphant over and are now in the presence of Jesus. And then the second aspect is you and I. We are the church militant, the church that is still pushing forward here on earth, that is still fighting with our spiritual weapons. The church triumphant being that great cloud of witnesses, those who have already participated in the race, those who have already completed the race, and they're working through the race and being in the presence of Jesus testifies to us that if they have persevered through, you and I can also persevere through. I would venture to say that this morning, you being here, there's not one of us here who would come and say, I am challenged or difficult free. Today, I have nothing that I'm dealing with, no person that's plucking on my last nerve, no one that I'm in uh, this challenge with, no difficulty in my own life, no habit that I'm struggling with. I don't have anything that I am thinking about. I would venture to say that there's not many of us here who could testify and say, uh, that's me. In fact, many of us come to church and we have things on our mind and we have things that, if we allow it, will seek to pull us away from focusing our attention on the joy that is set before us. Many of us think about things and we wonder about things, and then that's the beauty of Hebrews chapter 11, that when you think about what has happened in these brothers' and sisters' lives who have persevered despite what went on, 
And the writer of Hebrews is saying, now they are in glory in this great cloud of witnesses that is before us. You have brothers and sisters who have gone through difficult experiences of life and yet are now before the throne. And if they can do it, you can too. We can gain strength from the understanding that there has been a previous generation of believers that have made it to heaven. But we can also gain strength by looking around the room and seeing brothers and sisters who are persevering right now. The church militant, those of us who are running the race. Right now, the mighty army of God We testify of the power of God at work in us, and it encourages one another. When we hear about someone who has been delivered, when we hear about someone who has been set free, when we see people who are taking the step in baptism, walking and saying, I once was in darkness, but now I'm in the light. I'm taking this symbolic step to say, I've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We rejoice and we say, yes, they have taken a step. I can take a step too. I will continue to persevere. I will press forward despite whatever faces me that may be a challenge. Understanding that there are those who have gone on before and those around us who are persevering right now. We have a means to be comforted in our race before the Lord. There are those who have walked this journey before. Abraham, in Hebrews chapter 11, says that he left his city to journey to another place because by faith he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder was God. We think about picking up and moving today. We think about calling a moving company, getting people to load all our stuff in a couple of uh, trucks, all of our worldly possessions, and finding another place across country and journeying there and getting there, finding a house and unpacking and then making that our place. But this wasn't the way it was in the day of Abraham. To leave your homeland was a pretty big deal. To leave your people was a big deal. And Abraham set out and he was looking for something different, the scripture says. He was looking for a city whose architect and builder was God. He longed for something more because God had spoken to him. We gain strength from Abraham. We also gain strength again from knowing that Other believers are walking the journey. In these three verses, six times the writer refers to us. Us together. You and me who are still living. You and me who are reading these three verses of Scripture. Us join together. We have a fellowship of believers, and we too are like Abraham, caravanning along, looking for that heavenly city. A significant part of the Christian life finds joy in being with other people, joy in the fellowship of other believers, to persevere, to be supported 
to be encouraged in this life, you and I must practice the discipline of being with others who are in Christ. Mark 3 and 13, when Jesus was calling, it says, Jesus called those to himself whom he wanted. Jesus called others into his presence. And you and I have to be proactive as believers in bringing others into our presence. I don't think a believer can say, I'm not a hospitable person. We have to be a church and a people who longs to be in fellowship with other believers and not just other believers out there, but other believers in here. See, you're here this morning. You may think, well, I got up and I made a conscious choice to come to church, and I'm sure you did, but I also believe that you're here this morning by God's design. You're here this morning because God called you to be here this morning and because you're here this morning by God's design, others are here by God's design as well. And so we look around the room and God knew that we would be together. And when you look at one another, these are the people that we have to be in fellowship with. These are the people that God is calling us to love and to care for and to welcome into our presence. So it's not just the pastor's responsibility or church leader's responsibility to be calling people and asking and how are you doing or inviting people over for dinner or inviting people. You don't, you don't even have to have dinner. Come over for a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a glass of water or a glass of juice. And we think in our culture that everything in our house has to be just perfect. The house has to be free of dust bunnies and everything has to be put in just its proper place before we can have someone over. When Jesus says, bring other people into your presence that you can have fellowship with them, who knows, it might be the very moment that they need that word of encouragement to persevere over the trial that they're experiencing right then. Think of people who aren't like you. Often we like to invite people who are like us. Because we like to invite people who we can kind of converse with about the same things, who like the same team that we like, who like the same type of activities that we like. But maybe we ought to think, maybe I should invite someone who's not like me. Maybe I should welcome someone in who is not like me because then maybe I will learn something from them. Maybe my life will be enriched by having someone in my home or meeting someone for dinner who doesn't look like me or maybe doesn't talk like me or maybe doesn't like the same things that I like. Think of how much more broadly we can engage and love one another when we're willing to welcome people in. I'm reminded of when we get into heaven and John is writing in the book of Revelation and it says, I saw people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. See, when we get to heaven, everybody is not going to look uniform. You're still going to look differently. We're still going to exist in heavenly glory looking different from one another. So why not experience part of that glory right now? Every nation, every tribe, every tongue. 
the times that my family and I have had opportunities to welcome uh, missionaries into our home has been some of the most enriching moments for our family. Learning about culture and customs. I remember one time before uh, when, when we only had one child, and we were at a church, and we took a missionary out to dinner. It was just a brief moment. We kind of had to hurry and get back. And so we actually went to Red Robin here in town. And this was uh, probably 15, 16 years ago now. Maybe not, maybe not quite that long. But Seth was old enough to order a kid's meal. And so we ordered him a piece of chicken and whatever else. And I remember the missionaries looking at the kid's plate and saying, in my country, that would be the meal for the whole family. And that stuck with me all of these years to think that there are brothers and sisters who a kid's portion chicken breast is their entire family's meal and probably once a week, if that. My life was enriched to care for pray for, be concerned about by one quick experience. The joy of being with others. The joy of being with other believers. You should long to be part, I should long to be part of other groups in this church. There's, there's journey group signups. You can be a part of other people's lives. And they want to be part of your life living joyfully together. There's joy in persevering, laying aside every encumbrance, running with endurance the race. When we persevere in the faith, when we're running after the Lord and we're desirous to grow in our relationship with Jesus, that perseverance brings us joy. Joy in laying aside every encumbrance. There is joy in laying aside the sin which so easily entangles us. In the first century, the picture that's being painted here as runners would enter into the stadium, they would have these long, uh, flowing, and colorful robes, which when the race was about to begin, they would be cast off so that they could run without the encumbrance of the long and flowing robes. They wouldn't be hindered. And that is the understanding here. Let us throw off the sin, throw off the encumbrance, which is binding us and entangling us. You cannot endure. You will not endure when you're entangled by sin. Last week we talked about the longing for the Lord's appearing and how that draws us to holiness. We want to cast it off because we want to be in his presence. The joy of persevering. I've asked Brother Toby Bouch to help me just a moment here. If you'll come, brother. I don't know if you would say you're a runner or not, but he's run a marathon, and I would consider that more of a runner than me. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to ask him, did you just determine the day of the marathon to run the marathon? No, no. Um, first of all, you don't run a marathon without running other races. I don't know if that's all. At all. Yeah. Ahead of time. Um, so years of preparation of running to be able to run a marathon. And then in preparation for the marathon, it was five months of regular daily training. And how long is a marathon? 26.2 miles. 
Not 26, it's 26.2. That point two, is the, that's the hardest point two of the whole race. <laughs> Running a marathon, prepping yourself. Now imagine if this brother is, first before I go on, I want you to share with me what you share with me on the phone about the headphones. So one of the things, so I started running in 2008. I was challenged by some, um, some fellow workers to, to sign up for the 10-miler. Uh, and so I did, and I, I prepared for a few months and, uh, and ran the 10-miler. One of the things that's changed through the years is more and more people are wearing earpods, um, uh, earbuds, sorry, AirPods, earbuds, as they run. You, used to, you couldn't do it. Um, you, they wouldn't allow you to because of insurance reasons. The races wouldn't. Uh, but more and more they have. And so one of the things I've noticed over the years is less and less engagement with people on the sidelines, less and less engagement with each other. One of the things that, um, that someone encouraged me, the very first race I did was as I was climbing a hill and I was almost ready to stop and I'd slowed down, someone said, you got this. And that made a huge difference. So, so one of the things I do is when I see other people, I say, you got this when they're, when they're slowing down. But the truth is when you see people with earbuds in, you don't engage with them. You, don't, you, just, you just ignore them because you know they can't hear you. And it's more and more. It's more and more prevalent throughout the years as I've run. So. Take the spiritual lesson out of that. We're in our own little world, not engaging with anyone else, doing our own little race, our own little thing, not impacted by other people, and other people just pass on by because I'm, I don't want to interact with you. I've got my, got my earbuds in, I've got, I've, got my, I've got my online sermon in, I've got my podcast in, I'm running my own race here, I'm running my own race, just leave me alone, let me get to the end, okay? That's not the way it's intended to be, is it? That's not the way our journey is intended to be before the Lord. Now, um, let me, let, I'm going to do an illustration with Toby here. Now imagine if he is preparing to run the race. And imagine if you and I are looking at him and we want him to run the race. But when we see this brother, he's got, no, I'm not going to tie him up, but I'm going to tie him a little bit so you get the point here. Now think, think here. Just hold that for me. If his, uh, if his legs are tied up, because that's the essence of laying aside every encumbrance, being caught in a net that you can't move. Now tell me, tell me, Toby, are you going to get to 26.2 like this? Are you getting to 26.2 like this? I mean, I got dizzy there. <laughs> and Toby, Toby is running his race, and he's just going to pick up a little weight. Because this little weight doesn't really bother him very much. And he's going to be okay carrying this little weight along on his 26.2 journey. And he thinks, even though I'm a little bit entangled, this is only about two and a half pounds here, and I'm going to run this race. And I can do this because I've done it before. I've been through this before. I can run this race. I'll still get to 26.2. Well, here's another little thing Toby sees and says, oh, I want to participate in that. I want to think about that. It's only two and a half more pounds. It's not that much. Not going to weigh me down too much. I'm still getting to 26.2. I'm still getting to 26.2. I'm running my race. I got my earbuds in. I got my, my sermon on that I'm listening to. I've got the race. It's only, it's only just a little weight I'm carrying along. No one's going to notice. My T-shirt hangs over it. No one sees it. Oh, we're going to put five more pounds on. Oh, 
Sorry, I don't want you to know. <laughs> is he making it to 26.2? Think about your spiritual life here. This is the illustration. Think about your spiritual life and how you encumber yourself with sin. How you encumber yourself with the weighting down of sin. You know, even though Toby says, I want to get to 26.2. I want to get to the end of the race. I want to get to the end. I'm, I'm going to run. Is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? Is he making it to 26.2 now with the weight that he's carrying? No, we want to laugh a little bit, right? We want to laugh, but this is the picture you need to see of sin trying to run a race, tied up, and weighted down. Tied up and weighted down. But when we're in fellowship with other people, Brother David Brown comes running along. Brother, come run. Brother David Brown comes running along. And he's running the race too. He's looking for 26.2 and God's delivered him. And he runs alongside of our dear brother Toby. And he says, brother, he said, you got some weight on here. Let's get the last one off. I think it's this one. Uh, He said, let's go to the altar, brother. Let's lay it down at the altar. Let's get rid of it and give it before Jesus. And then he keeps on a running and he says, come on, you can make it. Come on, you can make it. Brother Chris Chapel, he's coming along next. He's coming along next. You're running the race. You're running the race and you're helping him off with another. You're helping him off with something else and you're laying it down at the altar because there's a brother who says, oh, Toby, I saw this in you and I care about you. I want to pray for you, brother. I want to pray that God would deliver you. I want to pray that God would move. I'm not going to condemn you. Oh, but there might be one who runs by and says, Toby, you got a sharp tongue. You better get it together, brother. And you know what Toby's going to say? He's going to say, you said that wrong, but maybe that's something that God's speaking to me. Even though you didn't say it in the right way, I'm not going to return. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about it, and we're going to lay it all here at the altar. Look at the freedom that comes. But how do you get free when you're weighted down and you're by yourself and you got your earbuds in and nobody can speak to you and nobody can speak into your life? There is a joy when you find freedom and can persevere through the race. One more thing I'm going to ask. I'm told that when you're running, you start out and maybe it gets a little, you're a little challenged in the first mile or so, but there's a point where you get to a zone. Is that right? They call it a runner's high. Yeah. Tell me about it. It's when you don't feel your legs and that, that doesn't happen very often. Um, But when you really, truly just, you can hear yourself breathing you don't feel the pain in your legs, and you're just moving forward, and that's it. This is where we want to get in the Lord. Thank you so much. We want to be at a place to where we are running, we are longing, we see the joy in persevering, the joy in others coming alongside and running alongside and helping us to lift off the weight that is upon us. Because what we're able to see is that at the place of freedom, we can give worship that is to the Lord from a heart of great joy and peace in him because if God has accepted you if God has come to you and said I love you I care for you I accept you there is nothing anyone else can say that can crush you back down because you find your approval in the Lord 
There's joy and perseverance because as we are persevering, it brings freedom. And you have to position yourself for freedom in Christ. You have to position yourself to be free in the Lord, which is why I have been saying to you for weeks now, for those of you who need it, get in this Celebrate Recovery. Get in these journey groups. Get around other people. Invite them to your house. Say, help me. Because there is a joy of being with others. There is a joy of persevering. But there is also a joy of reward. The scripture says that Jesus endured for the joy that was set before him. He endured for the joy that was set before him. And the writer says, because Jesus endured for the joy that was set before him, we too should endure. Endurance is mentioned three times in these three verses. Endure, continue. The Lord found joy in persevering because there was joy in the reward of being with God in glory. Last night, my youngest Isaiah was in the, in the bed next to me, sitting there as I was reading him a book, The Pilgrim's Progress, which Pilgrim's Progress was written by John Bunyan in 1678. And it is one of the most influential Christian books besides the Bible. John Bunyan probably wrote this book or sketched out the, the bigger part of it while he was spending 12 years in prison for doing what? Preaching without a license. 12 years in prison, preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, and people say, oh, you can't preach without a license. He said, I'm doing God's work, and he gets put in prison for 12 years. And during this time, he writes this great Christian allegory about this pilgrim's progress. And the main character of pilgrim's progress is Christian. And Christian is talking to someone else at the beginning of the story, and he talks about why the journey from the city to destruction to the celestial city is so important and so mighty and so powerful. And he says, all that you leave behind is not worthy to be compared with even a little of what I am seeking to enjoy. He tells others, he says, we will be with seraphim and cherubim and creatures who dazzle your eyes when you look at them. You will meet thousands who have gone on before us to that place. None of them are hurtful, but all of them are loving and holy. Everyone walking in the sight of God and standing in his presence with acceptance forever. There we will see the elders with their golden crowns. There we will see men who were cut in pieces by the world, burning flames, eaten by beasts, drowned in the seas, suffering all this and more for the love they have for the Lord of the place. Everyone in that place is clothed with immortality as with a robe, a longing for joy that is ahead. a longing for the joy that is, comes with the presence of the Lord. The gospel does not just change you for right now. Our humanistic society calls us to want everything okay right now. Everything should work out right now to put you in a nice house with a nice car, with a nice 401k, with a big bank account. 
But that's not the voice of the scriptures. The scripture says, yes, the gospel can free you from sin right now. And oftentimes when we are freed from sin, it does put us in a better life. But the glory is yearning for the joy that is set ahead of you and me. The joy of being with God in heaven forever and forever. Make no mistake, there is a heaven. There is a place with joy forevermore. There is a place where you and I will worship God forever and ever, where we will cry out to him with the elders and with the saints, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, where we will behold his glory once and for all. And even in that instant, it will be enough to bring us eternal joy, being in the presence of God. The apostle Paul says to close our eyes in this life is to open them and to be present with the Lord, to be in his joy forevermore. There is a joy that awaits you and I that we have not experienced in this life. We have simply tasted a little bit of it. We have simply tasted it when Christ comes along and he sets us free of our sin and of our entanglement and of the things that encumber us. We have just tasted a little bit, but the joy of that day will come. The joy of that day will come. And that draws us day by day to persevere in the faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you stand with me? As we go to the Lord in a moment of prayer, maybe this morning you are here as we begin praying. I'm going to invite some of you who are willing to pray with people as they come, just to come and stand here at the front. If you need someone uh, to pray with you, there are going to be those who will meet you here at the front, who will pray with you. Maybe you're, maybe you're struggling with something that, maybe it's one of those weights like Toby had. Maybe it's just a two and a half pound, but you say, I got I to gotta get rid of it. I got to get rid of it and I'm trying I'm trying it's not happened I need somebody to walk alongside me maybe you're maybe you're struggling with a five pound and you say this is weighing me down I know I can't get to the end of the race with this weight on me I've got to get it off and you're ready to say Lord deliver me from it and you need someone to walk alongside I'm going to invite you to come this morning Don't let it go another day. Don't let it go another moment. You've not had joy in your life. You want joy in your life. You're longing for joy in your life. Maybe it's been a rough week for you. Maybe the news you got wasn't what you hoped. And you got that five pound weight of anxiety. God, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna get through this, Lord? You're feeling the weight. Don't put your ear pods in. Don't run in your own zone. Open it up. Let others stand with you. Let others intercede with you. Let others pray with you and help bear that burden. Oh, Lord Jesus, right now we pray. God, that you would just move according to your will, oh, Lord. Touch people's hearts today, God. 
touch our heart, my heart, oh Lord. bring us to a place of freedom bring us to a place Lord of freedom in you that we live joyfully before you oh God we live joyfully with others knowing that there's been this cloud of witnesses ahead knowing that we've got brothers and sisters that are gathered around us, Lord, that we live joyfully as we persevere. We got joy in our heart as we're running along. And we got joy because we know there's a reward ahead. There is a place with grace and glory ahead. There's a place in Jesus' presence ahead, and I will have joy and peace in that moment. It will all be worth it. All of the struggle of the past will be behind. So, God, we cry out to you this morning to give us joy, joy in you, joy in others, joy in this journey. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Just spend the next few moments in prayer before the Lord. Lifting up your heart to him as we sing together. Thank you again for being a part of Riverstone Church. I hope you enjoyed today's message and that it encouraged you to take a step closer to Jesus. Please reach out to us if there is anything we can pray for or talk with you about. To get more information about Riverstone Church, you can visit riverstonechurch.net. God bless you this week, and may you walk in all of Christ's promises and plans for your life.